I promised the Lord a long time ago. Actually, even before I went to Bible school 27 years ago, I said to the Lord, if I'm going to pastor, then I want to pastor supernaturally. I don't want to pastor out of a book. I don't want to pastor out of what I've seen others. That's, that's what you called them to. If I'm going to pastor, I want it to be supernatural. You, you hear what I'm saying? Yes. And I promised the Lord that this church, when he revealed to us that we would be pastoring a church and we'd start a church here in Brick, that we would be people of the word first and foremost. Amen? Amen. But that we would also be people of the spirit. You got weak on that one. You got weak on that one. So, so if we're going to be people of the Spirit, then we should learn how to be led by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, now watch. The Holy Spirit's never going to lead you away from the Word. You can't say, well, God told me to do this if that what he told you to do was totally contrary to the Word of God. That, that wasn't God. That was the stranger that was speaking to you. So I, I, I've endeavored all these almost 25 years now to, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's inconvenient, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm setting you up. You realize that? Because um, all day today, honestly, since 4 o'clock this morning, I... have sensed the presence of God in, in in a very different way. And uh, I felt that I couldn't do the message tonight that I have already recorded that's online for this weekend. I felt like the Lord had just shifted the direction. And uh, I'm saying that because if you, if you go looking online after this weekend or you recommend somebody else to go listen to the message, it's not going to be what you hear tonight. And so as inconvenient as it is and taking the risk that some people might not like the idea, and if that's you, you know, live with it. <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to preach again tonight the message that I've been doing on Wednesday nights. Amen. Okay? Um, it's obviously, obviously there's some of you here and I almost hesitate to say that because when we get into the content, you're going to think, well, what are you thinking about me or all this other stuff? But can I just have the freedom to follow the Holy Spirit? If we're following the Holy Spirit, obviously, if he's leading us, then we're going somewhere, right? Um, there's no reason for him to lead us if, if he's not taking us someplace. So it's kind of a Christmas message. I entitled it, there it is, the reason for it all. Because, you see, we get caught up with, with this. I love Christmas songs. We get caught up with the Christmas songs. We get caught up. Uh, tonight, there's probably people at it, Christmas parties or, or shopping or whatever, having family and, and things of that nature, because now it's Christmas week, pretty much. And, uh, well, I'm going to stop apologizing. I'm just going to jump right in. We've always heard this phrase at this time of the year, Jesus is the reason for the season. But that doesn't really explain it all. Because the Bible is very specific about why we should celebrate the birth of Christ. 
okay? Again, whether it was on December 25th, what difference does it make? It was, it was on a day. Like I've said before, you don't even know what day you were born on. They could have wrote anything in your, in your birth certificate. You don't know what day it was. So, but, but, but we choose, you choose to celebrate a birthday, and so we're celebrating Jesus' birthday, okay? Um, so why? What, why are we celebrating? What is the reason for it all? What is this reason that this baby had to come to earth, that, that Jesus had to come, take on the limitations of, of our flesh and blood and bone body? You understand what I'm saying? Uh, because he always exists, always. Jesus didn't start in Bethlehem. Jesus Christ's entrance into our time and space was at Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. But Jesus always existed. He was there at creation with the Father, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Son. Everything that was created was created by him, and nothing that was created was not created by him. Everything, in other words, he's there in the beginning. So he's spirit, but he chose to limit himself into this human body when he came to the earth. And at this, at this time right now in heaven, he has a physical body. It's a glorified one. It's not the same body that he had as that little baby in Bethlehem. And you've heard me talk about this, that Jesus didn't stay a child. Uh, he grew up, he became a man, and man became our mediator between us and, and God. You understand that. And so I want to read to you from 1 John chapter 3. We're really heading towards the end of verse 8. But I've chosen to read it to you from the Amplified Version because our English language is so limited sometimes. And this Amplified Version, if you've never read from the Amplified ber- Version, it does exactly what the title states. It amplifies it. it. It'll give us a few different words to bring out the meaning of one particular word. So, 1 John 3, verse 8. The one who practices sin, separating himself from God and offending him by acts of disobedience, indifference, that's a mouthful right there. How many of us unfortunately treat God with indifference, okay, when he should be treated with reverence and respect? Or rebellion. Whoever does these things is of the devil. In other words, belongs to that nature and takes his inner character and moral values from him, not God. Some of you are saying, I don't like where this is going already. I thought it was a Christmas message. It is. For the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God, here it is, the Son of God appeared for this purpose. So this is the reason we're celebrating. To do what? To destroy the works of the devil. Okay, New King James says it this way. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, manifest, came from one realm to another realm. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. Now, that word destroy is very important, okay? It means to paralyze, to neutralize, to extinguish. In other words, Jesus came to knock the fire out of the devil, to, to neutralize his power, to stop him, to thwart him, to, to undo him, to get him to the place where the devil's works could no longer, he could no longer do whatever he wants. Are you listening to me? Now, if you've ever been affected by sin, if you've ever been affected by the devil, anybody here ever been affected? Okay. Then that's good news. I'll say it again. 
For this purpose, what purpose? To destroy, to paralyze, to neutralize, to extinguish the power of the devil is the reason why Jesus was born into this world. Okay? That is very good news. All right? So, what is the work of the devil? Again, a pastor, I thought this was a Christmas message. Yes, it is. Because the person, the entity who was the most shocked and most disturbed and most concerned and worried when that baby was born in Bethlehem was the devil. Okay? So, what's the work of the devil? The work of the devil is to, well, I'm not going to just tell you straight out. Think about this. What is the first thing you see the devil do when he shows up on this planet? What's the very first thing? What's the first episode we see him involved in? Adam and Eve in the garden. And what does he do? He tricks them to turn away from God and to pledge allegiance to him. He tricked. Now, they, they, they should have known that their nature was going to change. And unfortunately, because they took that step and because they did not keep themselves from this trap that the devil had set for them is the reason why your children, when they were toddlers, did not have to be taught to lie. They didn't have to be, they didn't have to be taught to be rebellious. They didn't have to be taught to be little connivers and manipulators. Why? Because they were born with what nature? Sin. 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 Now, none of us know what it's like to not have to deal with sin at all. Even if you're by chance, or you think you are, you're living in a world that's affected by sin. Okay? We don't know. We're looking forward to that day when it'll revert back to what it was like in the garden, where they had no clue of any evil, no clue of wrongdoing, no clue of any wrong agendas in their heart, they're naked and they don't even realize it because there's no shame or anything evil attached to it at that time. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested. Now, if... Now, let me, let me, let me just walk through this. So what is sin? He's, he, he comes to trap us in sin. What is sin? The Greek word for sin is the word harmatia. H-A-R-M-A-T-I-A. It's an archery term. How many know what archery is? Let me see. How many know what archery is? Come on. Pull it back far. Come on. Man, some of you are so stubborn. Is it going to kill you? So it's an archery term. What's the goal in archery? To hit the target. And hopefully a bullseye. Well, the picture that's painted in, in the original language that the Bible is written in the New Testament is when we sin, we miss the mark. Mark, target, whatever you want to call it. We miss the mark. We miss the target. Some of us miss the bullseye. Some of us miss the target by miles. Okay, depending on what season of life you're in. Okay? But the, the idea is this. It's 
about missing the mark that God has established. That's why in Romans chapter 3, it says, we all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. In other words, all have sinned and missed the mark. Uh, are you sticking with me tonight? Okay, good. Those of you that were here Wednesday night and been here on Wednesday nights, act surprised. May believe you're not, you didn't hear this before. Just go, wow, what revelation. Now listen, if there is a target to hit and sin is missing that target, what's the target? What's the mark? What's the goal? What's the bullseye? And the bullseye is found, well, there's a few verses. I'm going to start back in a book that everybody probably reads all the time, probably read it this morning, Leviticus chapter 20. <laughs> Verse 7. I'm going to read to you from three different translations. The New International Version says it this way. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord your God. Consecrate, consecrate. Say that word, please. Consecrate. The New Living Translation says it this way. So set yourselves apart to be holy, for I am the Lord, your God. The contemporary English version, I think sounds really good. Dedicate yourselves to me and be holy because I am the Lord, our God. That is the bullseye. You getting this? Be holy, be separate, pull yourself away from ungodly things, Live life on this planet different. You getting this? God says that's the bullseye. Now, let's be realistic about this. There's only one who consistently hit the bullseye every time. You know what his name is? Thank you. But we're supposed to be at least trying (laughs) to hone our skills. You getting this? So we get, the more we learn, the more we learn, the more experience we have with God, the more time we spend with God, the more time we have the word being absorbed in our souls. We should be getting closer and closer and closer. Every once in a while, you're going to have a hiccup, but it's supposed to be a hiccup. It's not supposed to be a well-thought, planned-out thing. I'm going to do whatever I want, and that's it. Well, Let's go on. Now, now God said to us to be holy. God said to us to consecrate ourselves. What does it mean to consecrate? To consecrate, to set apart, thank you, to set apart. To consecrate means that you consider this specific thing or person to be extremely valuable, and so you're not going to let it be tainted by things that are ungodly. You're not going to be let it. In other words, if you have really, 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 really nice china that you've paid $1,000 a place setting for, okay, you don't pull that out when it's time to have cocoa puffs. You don't bring that out when you're going to have a bowl of ice cream. What do you do? And you don't bring it out if it's just every day. What do you do? If for special, you keep it for special occasions. Yes or no? Yes. Okay, and I realize probably nobody here has China like that. We got rid of all our stuff years ago. It's like, we don't even use this stuff. But you understand what I'm saying. It's, it's special. You, you consider it. You have to, because if you don't consider it special, nobody else will. Now, the devil's job is to make you common, 
to make you every day, to make you, you know, dirty and full of filth and all defilement and all this kind of stuff. Because he knows that that person who lives that way, he doesn't even have to worry about the arrows, the target, the bow, nothing. That person is not even trying to hit the mark. Okay, you listening to me? Now listen, this is extremely important. Not only because I feel like I need to go this way to obey the Holy Spirit, but listen to me. Things are shifting again. Listen to me, things are shifting again. If you're a Christian, if you're born again, if you have the Spirit of God living inside you, I'm telling you, God, this is a season that we're coming into. God is going to demand the slack be jerked out of our lives. It is no longer time to be playing games. It is no longer time to be treating God with indifference. It is no longer time to be living sloppily. It is no longer time for you to allow the devil to use somebody to drag you through the mud, defile you, taint you, pollute you. Are you listening to me? So this season that we're coming into, and trust me, it has nothing to do with the new year. This season started about four or five months ago. Shifting. Shifting. If you're sensitive to the Spirit of God, and I'm not saying that because, oh, look at me, I'm so sensitive. If you're very much aware, and you need to be, that you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside you, then he's going to be the one who does the steering. And, and almost always, he will whisper to you before the shifting starts to happen. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> But listen, when God begins to shift like this, when God begins to say, I can no longer wink at the things that I used to wink at, it is for our good. Uh, Are you listening to, it's for our good. Why? Because the church in general, especially in the past 10 years, has gotten extreme, I don't care who you are, I don't care what church you went to, in general, has gotten very sloppy, very sloppy, very nonchalant, okay? Um, and look, God is, God is shifting. And when he does stuff like this, when he decides to take hold of the wheel of the ship and inevitably there are gonna be some people that are gonna fall off. I don't want any of us, I don't want that to happen to anybody. When he starts shifting, you go, yes, sir, which way? Okay? Because the majority of us know too much to get away with things anymore. I'll say it again, so in case you didn't catch it the first time. The majority of us that are sitting in this room right now know way too much to get away with the stuff we've been getting away with up until this point. Now, God said it, but we got to do it. Now, I don't know how far I'm going to go with this message tonight. I'm going to go until I feel like like I did what I was supposed to do, okay? God said, say this with me. God said it, but we have to do it. Now, watch this now. This message really is really specifically for believers, people, are, people that are, are already born again. If you're not yet, 
You'll have the opportunity before we leave tonight. Okay? Why am I saying that? Because holiness, disconnecting from sin, disconnecting from the world system that's based on sin is not possible for a person who's not born again yet. We don't, you, you know, you receive salvation by what you believe, not what you do. But here, God's telling us, I'm saying to you, this is what I want, but you have to do it. Now, if you say yes, if you surrender, if you lay down and decide to put yourself in my hands and just, just forget about your life, I will empower you to do it. But we have to do it. We have to say yes. We have to say, here I am. We have to give permission to the Holy Spirit to come and do the work on the inside of us. On the inside of us. And listen, if we'll, if we'll cooperate with the Holy Spirit, he'll grace us to go through those things, even if they might be painful. Like, how many of you like to go to the dentist and not get any Novocaine? Because you got a problem. Okay, what do you do? You go to the dentist and you, there's like an, an, a, an unspoken understanding that you're not going to put me in excruciating pain. You're going to do something so that you can get in there and scrape out what you need to, drill what you need to, uh, uh, lance what you need, whatever you got to get done, and you're not going to kill me in the process. Yes or no? Yes. The Holy Ghost would do the same thing. He's like anesthesia. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is like an anesthetic. He puts you in a position where normally you'd be like, I can't take this. Stop. I can't take this. But you're like, <laughs> he's ripping your, your guts out. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, this is so nice. This is so wonderful. <laughs> he's poking at things that you don't want to touch. He's focusing on stuff that you've been hiding. Or let's say we. Let's say we. He focuses on the things that we don't want to touch. Don't go there. Don't touch that. It's very sensitive. Don't deal with that issue. But when the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes, it's like anesthesia. He can go in there and poke anything you want. And you're like, <laughs> he helps you. He'll help. The ones that feel it worse are the ones that go through the transformation process, kicking and screaming. If you would just, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. What do you want to do? What, what have I gotten involved with? I, I'll say it for all of us. Lord, what have I gotten involved with that displeases you? Lord, what, what conduct have I been entertaining that is not your will for my life, not your best for me? You, are you listening to me? Okay, because we, we can go a little bit deeper. Okay. Lord, Lord, what sin have I been, been nodding to and just throwing myself into that I know is no good for me and you've been warning me for years? It's time. It's time. Be holy because I am holy. Who would want a God that's not holy? Who would want a God that hasn't kept himself separate from from the, the filth of this world. Who would want that kind of God? You say, well, why should I worship you? You're no better than I am. 
be holy. Now watch, listen to this. God said it, but what? We got to do it, right? Okay. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. You got it up there, anything you do. I'm in the New King James Version. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Verse 16, because it is written, and he's quoting from Leviticus, be holy for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. In fear. Now, the word that's used in King James, referring to your stay here, the word stay is the old-fashioned English word sojourn. When was the last time anybody ever used that? You, you know, you called up somebody, you know, you go to, you're going to go on vacation, you call the hotel, hello, I would like to sojourn for you about four or five days. We don't use that word anymore. But the word sojourn in the original language meant to be a temporary alien resident. You're you're here, it's temporary. We're aliens, why? Because this is not our home. We're literally, literally, if you really want to, the best way to classify the church is we are God's people behind enemy lines. Why do you think, why do you think the whole world system hates Christianity? Why do you think you could mention the word God all day long, but mention the word Jesus? And you get the wrath. Why do you think? It's because we're, this is not our world. We're here. We live here. The day's going to come when it's going to get completely transformed, but that day is not today. Amen. We're getting real close. <laughs> real close. Okay? But we're told, act like, conduct yourself in such a way where it reflects that you know this is not home. You're a temporary alien resident. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, let me get into the message now. <laughs> Listen, the time we spend on earth must be holy. Separated from tainted habits, separated from ungodly lifestyles, separated from the mindset of this world, it's something that we're responsible for. Why? Because you, you are a billboard. You know what a billboard is? I'm not referring to your size, okay? <laughs> but you're a billboard. I am a billboard. The lost are looking to see, who are these real people? Who is, God, send me somebody real. They might not ever say it out loud, but the cry of the heart of the lost is, is this it? Do I just be born into this earth, work day and night, eat a couple of good meals, get a couple of hours of sleep once in a while, and then I die and I turn to ashes? We all instinctively know that can't be possible. We all instinctively know. Again, you might not have said it. I wouldn't have said it before. 
but the lost know. So who are they going to look to? Thank God he sent a little lady into my life who was selling newspaper advertising that came to my place in business, and she was the very first real born-again Christian that I ever met in my life. Because as soon as I used to hear born-again, I go, oh, dear God, it's one of those cult people. Come knocking on your door with a smile from ear to ear. They live in the clouds. They don't know anything about life that's reality. Right? What did you think the first time somebody mentioned being born again to you? Oh, get me out of here. You hear what I'm saying? But thank God, he, there was a billboard in my life. And she prayed for me. She spent almost three hours with me one afternoon. Now, mind you, I thought I already knew this stuff because I was the devout Catholic in my family. I went to Catholic school. Could tell you every saint. Could tell you what day it was, what the saint was known for. I knew, I had, I knew which union they were in, you know. <laughs> the whole bit. But when I heard the gospel, when I heard that Jesus died on the cross, I knew that he died on the cross for my sins, but I didn't know that he died on the cross to make me a new person. That him dying on the cross and me putting my faith in him dying on the cross and receiving him with the words of my mouth, Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart. I believe in you. I trust you. I know that you're the son of God. I know that you died on the cross for my sins. I know that you rose from the dead. I never was told that when you said that from your heart, your spirit came alive again. And thank God for my background. Some of you people were raised in churches. They didn't teach you anything. I knew that there was a God and God was real. I knew that, that God could work miracles. I knew that God honored our prayers. You hear what I'm saying? But I didn't know that he would change my life. And I didn't know, even after I got born again, I'm like, okay, what do we do now? What do we do now? I didn't know that he wanted me to learn about him. I didn't know that he wanted to have a face-to-face kind of almost like personal relationship with me. I mean, I remember one of the first times I ever heard the audible voice of God. I'm like, what the heck? You hear what I'm saying? Real. Turn to somebody and say, he's real. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not going to take much, much longer. I realize there's no way I'm going to finish a four-week series in one service, okay? But I feel like I'm sharing the most important things. If it's true that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if it's true that he suffered a horrible death on the cross so that you and I would not have to go to hell and spend an eternity separated from him, if it's true that he had to go into hell to suffer everything that I would have, and we know it's true, then dear God, Does he not deserve for us to live separate, for us to live different, for us to be the billboards to shine forth his love, his forgiveness, his compassion, his power into the rest of the world? Does he not deserve us to live like reflectors of who he is? Well, the only way we're going to do that is if we disconnect from everything that's filthy and everything that's ungodly and everything that is full of lies and everything that is just not Jesus in this world. And listen, I'm going to throw something at you. I'll explain it. 
the doors to the ark are ready to be closed. Amen. There was a day when Noah built that ark. And some Bible commentators say he might have taken 100 years. What difference does it make? But at some point, God said, get in. Don't look back. And God, listen, God shut the door, not Noah. You listening to me? God, Noah, Noah may not have known what day the door was going to get shut. Because once the door was shut, nobody else could get on the ark. And we're living in those days right now. Jesus Christ is the ark. He's the one that those that are in him are going to get lifted up above the flood, above the storm, above all the chaos, above all the turmoil that's becoming everyday life right now. Are there not people in your life that deserve to get into that ark now? Not to watch it being lifted and taken away and then at that point have no hope but to have to go through the storm, go through the chaos. You think the world is bad now? This is Mr. Rogers' program compared to what it's going to be like after Jesus comes to take the church off of this planet. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Man, this should be the thing that we, that we read every single day because this is God speaking to us, Okay? God's speaking to us. They say, well, this is from the Old Testament. Isn't it, Pastor? Yeah, well, Peter's quoting it now, but God spoke it to the nation of Israel. But you know what? Through Christ, we, the non-Jewish people, got grafted in to the vine, okay? So we, we, it's like the Jewish people uh, and, and us, we're in the same vine now, okay? Now, we're waiting, we're waiting, and God's waiting, and Paul talked about it, for the day for all of Israel to be saved. And it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. There's stuff going on in Israel that would, that would make you, make you get goosebumps if you knew what was going on. The, the hundreds and hundreds and thousands of, of Jewish people that are coming to the belief in Christ, they're coming to faith in Jesus. Are you listening to me? In fact, we, New Beginnings, supports a major ministry over there. That opened up the very first Bible school just in the past few years, maybe past 10 years, opened up the very first Bible school for Jewish, native Jewish believers and Arab believers. Arabs and Jews studying the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament together, and they're transforming, <laughs> transforming. Now, of course, CNN's not going to report it. But you go on YouTube, listen to me, remember this. Go on YouTube and look up one, number, not number one, but one, the word one, for Israel. They're producing videos by the hundreds and thousands. And if there's something about Israeli society, they love to watch videos. People are getting saved left and right, even the Orthodox community are putting their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's happening. It's happening. Look at this. I love this scripture. If, if, you're, if you're an old-timer, you remember we used to sing this song. I'm not going to sing it. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy... John Billy, where are you? You remember this song, don't you? Amen. 
But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. For what reason? Why? 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 Well, I can enjoy the blessings of Abraham. That's it? No, he's saying, I've made you a chosen generation. I've called you to be a royal priesthood. I made you a holy nation. You're on my own special people. For what reason? That you may proclaim the praises of him who did what? Called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's why you exist. That's why you're here on earth. That's why you're still breathing. That's why you're still alive. And that's why you and I need to live up to that. We need to be that royal priesthood. We need to be that holy nation. The original King James says, we're a peculiar people. We're say, well, there's something peculiar about that guy. Yeah, yeah. That's who we are, but for what reason? That we may proclaim, not whisper. Proclaim. The what? The praises of him. What did he do? What are we celebrating for? Why do you think there's so much things about lights when it comes to Christmas time? Because we're celebrating the one who called us out of what? Darkness. And into his what? Marvelous light. Are you getting this? So, Pastor, what, what, am, I, what am I supposed to do with this message now? Well, yeah, that's nice. But listen. When we know we're not living right, the boldness, the urgency to proclaim the praises of the one who called us out of darkness, it goes, why? Because you see, your spirit, man, has the Holy Spirit living inside him. And the Holy Spirit doesn't like hypocrisy. Amen. There's no other way for me to present this. So, so when we think about, I'm going to go and I'm going to tell this person, it's not even the devil. It's your own heart that condemns you. And says, how, 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 could you, how could you talk to somebody? How could you even think about praying for that person? Look at the way you've been living. Look at the way. Now, I, mind you, there's no way you're going to be perfect on this earth. That's right. But thank God we have an advocate. Amen. Thank God that when we do sin, that we have a lawyer, an attorney, Amen. the advocate, Amen. the comforter, right. the Holy Spirit, Amen. who we can go and say, I'm sorry, Father, I'm sorry. And we can get away from that. But listen to me. We can get forgiveness from God. In fact, Jesus has already forgiven all of our sins. Okay? But watch this now. But the world doesn't. Do you understand what I'm saying? The people that are watching you, they don't go, oh, <laughs> you're forgiven. No, you know what they say? Oh, is that how a Christian's supposed to act? Oh, I thought you believed in this Jesus. Oh, I thought you believed in the Bible. Oh, I thought you believed in forgiveness. I thought you believed in... And so what happens? You lose your witness. You, 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 you remember, I think I talked about this recently. You remember the movie Elf? Okay, did some of you go and watch it after I said... Okay, in the movie Elf, towards the end of the movie, Santa's sled doesn't have any power. The battery ran low. And so we couldn't fly. 
And so everybody there in Central Park, they all have to start singing and singing and singing. And the more they sang, the more power came up. And then he was able to, you can't fly if you're weighed down with all the sin and, and, and just rebellion and refusing to cooperate with God and refusing to yield to God and refusing to yield to the Holy Spirit. What, is, what does yield mean? To kind of lean into, to yield is kind of like lean into, to bend towards, to cooperate with. And the Holy Spirit says, come on, you don't, you don't need to be here. You don't need to, you don't need to be watching this. What does he want? He wants you to lean away from that and lean towards him, yield towards him. Yield, give, give him the right of way. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just say this because, and I know some of you are going to misunderstand it but I pray that the Holy Spirit ministers it to you. We are coming into a time where loving people does not mean that you jump in bed with them. You listening to me? We're coming into a time where you cannot eliminate everybody out of your life. I'm not saying that. But there's a big difference between having friends and then letting the friends suck you into all their stuff that they're getting involved in. I know you don't like that, but you, there's no way. There's no other way. Well, what am I supposed to do, Pastor? You love people, but you draw a line. You listening to me? You don't talk like they talk. You don't laugh at their filthy jokes. You don't, you don't use the F-bomb on Facebook because everybody else does. You stop it. Why? You've got, a, you've got a savior that suffered on the cross so that we could have the power to pull ourselves away from this garbage and then we're still gonna act like nothing happened in our lives? Amen. And then we expect to reach the heights with God of the spirit? Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm gonna teach about this more in the new year. But listen, I, I don't know for what reason or for who, but I felt like I needed to be obedient to the Holy Spirit to go back into this topic again. Because some of you have not been here for those, those midweek services that we've been having over the past four weeks. Okay, now I think you can go, Jay, is it online? It is. The audio, just the audio. Yeah, because I went into a whole lot more stuff during those four weeks. But listen to me. Why are you celebrating Christmas? Why are we celebrating Christmas? Why do we have this whole place decorated? Why has why our worship team been working like day and night, like just like walk, working in a salt mine? Because they want to be able to celebrate what? For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. Are you listening to me? Don't get caught up in anything else about Christmas. Christmas Day was D-Day for the kingdom of darkness. That was the day that the invasion force from heaven, the kingdom of God, arrived on the earth. Amen. 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 Now listen to me. Give me a few more minutes and then we're out of here. Trust me, we will be. Just a few more minutes. You and I receive nothing from God unless we're willing to be vulnerable and willing to be transparent. 
And there may be some of us in this room tonight that have not been living for God. Please, please draw a line in the sand and step over it and say, I'm never going back to that again. I'm never going to allow myself to get involved in that again. I'm not going to be like the dog that returns to its vomit. I'm going to separate myself. I'm going to, with God's power, and I'm going to rely on God's power, I'm going to disconnect from these things, this conduct, this way of thinking, this way of speaking, this way of conducting myself. I'm no longer going to have a secret life that nobody knows about except God and the devil I want to break free. I want to break free. You listening to me? You say, well, this is a tough one. Yeah, it is. It is. But I'm going to trust you that you have enough respect and appreciation for God, for Jesus, and for the Holy Spirit. And God would never embarrass you. God deals with us, but he always maintains our dignity. The enemy is the one that Listen, when, when, those, when those Jewish leaders dragged that woman naked out of the bed of adultery and dragged her through the streets before Jesus, that was not inspired by God. The enemy is the exposer. The enemy is the shamer. You listening to me? He'll never rob you of your dignity. And if you think you're the only one that's ever backslid, the only one that ever fell back into things, <laughs> you got to be kidding. 